Welcome to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena and I'm thrilled today to be joined by Anita Round. Anita Round is the author of three novels. Two are speculative fiction and the third is a romance novel. So Nita today is joining me today to do our top 10 speculative fiction list. What I usually do is I usually contact an author and say to them, you want to do a top 10 list with me? What kind of fiction do you enjoy reading most? And Nita suggested Specfic. And I was like, what a great idea. So Nita, why particularly Specfic? Well, it, it covers all of the fantasy, science fiction, urban fantasy, horror genres. It's pretty broad. And if I'm going to read a book, I want to be elsewhere, not here. And speculative fiction takes me elsewhere. That's really why. Well said. Specfic, like you just said, covers a whole range of different subgenres, if you like. So when I was choosing my top five, I wanted to do a range of books. So I've got an urban fantasy, I've got a supernatural, I've got a horror, I've got a science fiction, and I've got what I term an across-time romance. So we'll, we'll get to each of those individually, but I wanted to cover the spectrum, and so that's why I chose the five that I chose. So what was your thinking behind your choices? I think I was really thinking more of uh, science fiction, fantasy, and urban fantasy. I didn't want to go too far over to horror, which is where I prefer to be, because it overlaps too much with paranormal. And although they're kind of the same, they're not really. So I stayed more towards the fantasy and the science fiction. Otherwise, if I start including all of the horror, then I would be here all week <laughs> giving a long list of all the stories that really, really ought to be in the top 10, even though there's a hundred of them. Okay, cool. So do you want to start then with your first pick? All right, then. I will choose Partners by Melissa Good. It's actually a trilogy, so there's plenty there. It's post-apocalyptic Earth, and it's awesome. <laughs> okay, what's it about? After a massive volcanic eruption, uh, the Earth is put into a nuclear winter. It's cloaked in clouds and no sun, so it's a problem to survive, obviously. Seas cover most of the land, except in places of high elevation. And the people that survive live from the sea, and they take their foodstuffs from orbiting set of space stations. We're introduced to uh, Jess Drake, who is an agent for Interforce, a small and exclusive special force organization. They still possess some technology, and her job is to protect and serve the citizens of the American continent who are in brutal conflict with those of the European continent. Uh, the struggle for resources is, uh, again, brutal. And uh, when a rogue agent nearly destroys everything, Interforce decides to trust no one. And instead of providing Jess with a agent that is human or fully human, she is provided with a biological alternative called uh, NM Dev One. She proves to be very attractive, and Jess and the new agent are swept into a relationship that neither expected. Then they must go out and survive these strange circumstances, which is the world in uproar. That sounds fantastic. It's awesome. It's great. Book two is good. So this is a trilogy, you say? There's three of them? Three it of them. is, yes. And they're all good. It's most good. She's right well. Fantastic. Okay, so the first book on my list, you may have heard of this author... The book is Night Sacrifice by this this wonderful woman called Nita Round. <laughs> right? Yes? Okay, so it's an urban fantasy. And while I must be totally honest, I haven't read it yet, it was one of Amy's favourite picks 
and you got a favorites badge from her. So I trust Amy's judgment implicitly, and so therefore it has made the first spot on my list. Okay. So I'm going to read the synopsis now. For most people, running a funeral home is a dull and conservative line of work. But when Catherine Samuels inherits the family business, she discovers that it's anything but straightforward. For a start, the dead do not always stay dead. They sit up and they bite. In the strange world, Catherine needs help. And that comes in the form of Cassandra, Cassie, Evans, a heavily armed problem solver, knowledgeable in all things arcane and undead. Cassie, however, hates her posting to Catherine Samuels. Her charge knows nothing of family, her heritage, nor her duty as the sole remaining caretaker of the gate. A sentient construct that guards the way to hell and stops the inhabitants of hell finding their way to the land of the living. Anyone who does not understand the importance of this duty is a liability. Catherine is a liability. Except that Cassie finds an unsettling attraction developing between them that she neither expects nor wants. Duty first. There is no room for emotional entanglements, and certainly not with a woman who rejects all that Cassie thinks is important. When Catherine finds herself on the brink of losing everything, Cassie, her family, and even life itself, then she must awaken. She must become the Samuel, the gatekeeper, and guard the way between the living and the dead. To make it safe, she must travel to hell with the warrior she has chosen, and there, if they survive, she must heal the problems of the gate before all hell breaks loose. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds awesome. I must buy it. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Okay, so what's your second pick? All right. Um, the second one is Iron and Velvet by Alexis Hall. And there is also a sequel to that one called Shadow and Dreams. And there's possibly going to be a third one, but I haven't come across that one yet. It starts with saying, my name is Kate Kane. When an 800-year-old vampire prince came to me with a case, I should have told her no. But I've always been a sucker for a femme fatale. It always goes the same. You move too fast, you get in too deep, and before you know it, someone winds up dead. Last time it was my partner. This time it could be me. Yesterday, a werewolf was murdered outside the velvet, the nighttime playground of one of the most powerful vampires in England. Now, half the monsters in London are at each other's throats. The other half are trying to get in my pants. The witch queen will protect her own. The wolves are out for vengeance, and the vampires are out for, you know, blood. Fantastic. It's an action-packed story that goes from start to finish. The lead character is a bit of a dick, but um, she's a nice dick. And she gets better in the, in, the, in, the, in the second book. Urban fantasy, I love it. Vampires, werewolves, magic, lots of action, undead, witches, the fae, all together in one great big steaming hot pot. It's a jaunt. Fantastic. It does sound like fun. Okay. My next book is Five Moons Rising by Lise McTagg. Unknown to regular citizens, nightmarish creatures lurk in the dark underbelly of human civilization. The presence of these supernormals, supers, werewolves, vampires, demons, is a closely guarded government secret, as is the existence of a cadre of specially engineered hunters charged with exterminating them. Codenamed Malice, Hunter Mary Alice Nolan was genetically modified and rigorously trained to use her great strength heightened senses and killer instincts to track and eliminate supers who prey on the innocent. A loner by choice, her only real link to the human world is a close connection to her mother and sister until the unthinkable happens. 
Ruri Samson has been a werewolf for more than a century and is comfortably situated as the bait of her peaceful pack. Until she's betrayed by the woman she loves and an evil outsider massacres her alpha and his most loyal followers. Barely escaping with her life, Ruri is forced to tread the perilous path of a lone wolf while vowing vengeance against the usurper and his minions. Although these two powerful women should rightfully despise each other, Fate will soon compel them to join forces on a dangerous quest to avenge their loved ones. I haven't and read Five Moons yet. I, I read the first two, three much. chapters, but I had to put it down to get on with other stuff. It's a fantastic book. Lise is arguably one of my favourite authors. She writes very well. She does. Okay, cool. What's your next book? Dragon Oak, The Complete History of Castellier by Sam Farron. I chose this one because this is high fantasy. Of all the spec fix, high fantasy is, is, is my thing. I love fantasy. Give me elves and magic and dragons, and that's it. Forget me for a while. Dragon Oak. There's three books in the series. I, I do like my trilogies. I mentioned only the one, but I've read book two, which is awesome, and book three is waiting to be read. But anyway, the first one is Dragon Oak. It says, After being exiled to the farmland around her village, Rowan Northwood takes the only chance at freedom she might ever get. She runs away with a passing night and doesn't look back. The woman cares nothing for Rowan's company, yet she's the first person who isn't repulsed by the powers that burn within her. Rowan soon learns that the scope of their journey is more than a desperate grasp at adventure. She breaks away from the weighty judgment of her village and has no choice but to abandon her kingdom altogether. Sir Item's past takes them to Castellia, a young country draped in the shadow of its long-dead queen, a woman who has all tusks and claws and great spiralling horns. Hiding her necromancy is no longer Rowan's greatest challenge, and what hounds them across kingdoms and through mountains is already 1,500 years in the making. I think I hardly put the book down once I started it. How, how long is this book? Oh, it's a big one. Because it sounds like quite an epic story, so you'd have to have a big book to fit all that in. Yeah. Well, you don't notice on Kindle, though, do you? It's true, hey? Although I like tracking my little percentage, like how far I am. I also admit I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I get quite depressed if it doesn't move fast enough for me, because I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I read fast anymore? And then I need to discover it's like a 600-page book, and I'm like, oh, never mind. Yes. Okay. So my next one is a horror. It's Dark Dreamer by Jennifer Fulton. Best-selling horror author Roe Devlin has had two flops in a row and keeps falling in love with straight women. Seeking inspiration and a fresh start, she abandons life in Manhattan for an old Victorian house in Maine. But Dark Harbour Cottage is a far cry from the tranquil writing environment she envisioned. For a start, the place is haunted and the ghost is none too friendly. To make life even more difficult, her neighbours are a huge distraction. The Temple Twins, Phoebe and Cora, are identical and profoundly alluring. Roe is soon under their spell, unable to decide which of the two she is more in love with. Just when it seems things can't get any worse, she finds herself embroiled in a mystery more bizarre and frightening than anything she's ever written. Intrigue, passion and suspense combine in this taut paranormal thriller slash romance. This is such a brilliant book. And there's twins. There's twins, Nita. Sexy twins. Uh, twin, twins a thing. Twins should totally be a thing. Uh, only if you are this filling in the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly, right? Okay, to be fair, there's no f sandwich filling in, in the novel. Oh, that's no point uh, then. But there is a kind of a to and fro between which twin is the more attractive. 
Yeah, that's lots of fun. That's getting you distracted already. Very much so. It's all your fault. Yeah, I have a bad effect, apparently. Okay, so what's your, what's your, what is this now, the fourth one? Uh, the fourth one, uh, Burning Sun's Conflagration. This is book one in a trilogy. I've read book one and book two, and book three's waiting for me. Jennifer Bronwyn, a deep space freighter skipper, sometimes smuggler, an occasional blaster for hire, is flat broke and in desperate need of a job. With her bills mounting and her ship one unlucky micrometeorite collision away from the scrap heap, she's offered a lucrative contract for a risky heist. It's an opportunity she can't afford to pass up. Kira Naramis, a secret agent on deep cover assignment in alien space, has just one more job to finish before her mission is complete. Getting it right means the galaxy is a safer place, and taking a trip to the Terran homeworld should be simple enough. But in the espionage game, your enemies are never quite who they appear. When their lives collide with catastrophic consequences, Jen and Kira form an unlikely alliance to find out why anyone would want to kill either one of them. What they discover runs far deeper than they would ever have anticipated and throws them into a race against time to stop a conspiracy that threatens to unravel a thousand years of peace in the galaxy of the Burning Suns. It's a good space opera, lots of action, lots of races, cyborgs and technology, and the romance between the two lead characters is so slow burning, it doesn't make it into book one. It only just makes it to the end of book two. But it's there, you know, they're hinting all the way through. Doesn't quite get there. And when things kind of change, you think, at last. That sounds amazing. Your, your choices so far sound fantastic. I definitely need to go check these out. Oh, there's such a lot of books out there, and a lot of them don't make the usual lists, but that doesn't mean they're not good. It, these are all independent publishers. Oh, except for Melissa Good. Oh, yeah. I don't know who the other publishers are, but uh, you wouldn't find them in the usual places. So usually by word of mouth is how you get there. Then I'm very, very glad that you brought them to my attention. And I bet that our listeners will feel the same. I hope so. Okay, so the next one on mine is a science fiction, and it's A Time Before Now by Missouri Vaughan. So this is my absolute favourite of Vaughan's work. My absolute favourite. It's just such a brilliant book. Her character work in this is incredible. More than 50 years have passed since peak oil has left the earth without access to modern technology while the great cloud cities for the rich float above the oceans. On the ground below, Vivian Yates leaves Oklahoma on an epic 700-mile journey east to her ancestral home. Early on, she encounters Elizabeth, who preys on Vivian's inexperience and naivete, luring her into a brief affair that ends in disaster. Betrayed and withdrawn, Vivian sets out again on an eastward track. Along the way, she meets the beautiful, light-hearted Ida. Together, they face obstacles both natural and man-made. Ida brings Vivian, wounded in both body and spirit, back to life. Destiny has thrown them into each other's arms, where they find not only love, but hope, trust, and forever. This book is one of Missouri Vaughan's series of science fiction novels, but it can be read quite happily as a standalone. So don't let that stop you. Oh, I've got quite a lot of books to read. Have you read Missouri Vaughan's work? I haven't, no. D- to be honest, I've only started reading Lesfit in the last kind of year. I read some romances over the years, but romance isn't really my thing. I, mean, I like a good romance, but I'm not going to read six a week. 
So if I want fantasy and horror and science fiction and so on, it's been mainstream fiction that I've read. And I do read a lot. Also, mainstream books tend to be about three inches thick, so you don't read six of those a week. You know, a, a romance I can read in the morning. And finding lesbic has been quite a recent thing for me. I think that's a very common uh, story, if you like. A lot of women are starting to find that the lesbic sector is broadening to incorporate some really great thrillers, horrors, science fiction novels. So it's not just romance anymore. And so my big goal in life is to spread the word that these other things do exist. So top 10 lists like this, where I get somebody like you who's read an amazing lot of, of great novels and can put together this, this list of five people I've never even heard of, is just the best thing ever. Excellent. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so what's your last one? Uh, last one? Are you sure? Well, <laughs> what's your official last one? Oh, Captain, My Captain, Catherine V. Forrest. It's quite an old story. It's a short story. But it's, it was in, in a couple of anthologies from well, a long time ago. But I think you can get it as a standalone novella now on Amazon. Oh, Captain, My Captain is an enthralling and sensuous science fiction vampire story. Harper is on a galactic salvage mission into a dangerous asteroid zone with Captain Drake. Alone with the captain for days, Harper falls into her thrall and eventually into her bed. But Drake has secrets she protects at all costs. It's only a short intro, but a vampire on a spaceship and um, what's not to love about oral sex in Zero G. I love this. Oh, it's well worth a read. I've read it a dozen times at least. Vampire in space, nice. Yeah, I like that. That's a nice crossover. Yeah, I do like my crossovers. Anything that gives me something different and interesting to read, um, there, I'll read it, here. Yeah, this is worth this is worth reading. It's, it's many years old now, but... It still stands the test of time. It's still good in its own right. I'm not a stickler for only promoting new stuff because I don't think it works that way. I think the older stuff can still be really good. And in fact, my last one is Christabel by Karen Cormack, and that was written yonks ago. Indeed. So Christabel by Karen Cormack is an across-time romance. The reason I added across-time to spec fic is because there's a bit of magic to it. There's something unusual and supernaturally kind of going on when you can have characters that have multiple lives or a story that goes across time frames. So this one, the synopsis for Christabel, which incidentally is on my top 10 best books ever list. Deeper than the city streets, the subways, even the dry riverbeds that no longer flow are the roots of a tree that remembers love and tragedy. Financier Dina Rowland's assignment is to make fashion designer Leo Goranson a lot of money. But the more she knows of him, the more repugnant his personal life is to her. Not the least inconsequential is his unbreakable hold on his greatest asset, supermodel Christabel. One touch and the power and responsibility of Dina's long-hidden heritage threatens to crumble the careful plans she has made for her life. Kristen knows there is no escaping her tormentor. But she has a plan to deny him what he ultimately wants from her. The past can't be changed. Having long accepted her fate, she is unprepared for the wild feelings that Dina's eyes arouse in her. There is passion, certainly, but also the rarest feeling of all to her. Hope. That is Christabel. Such a good book. I haven't read it yet. It's on oh, the list. <laughs> Everything's on your list. You have a long list. 
<laughs> you haven't seen my bookcase of Timmy Red books. We're about to move house. Um, my two Timmy Red bookcase has been emptied and it is in nine crates. Those are physical wow. books. Never mind the e-books. E-books is better because the wife doesn't notice I'm buying them. <laughs> okay, so you've got a couple of honourable mentions. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Certainly for uh, Driving Me Mad, L.T. Smith. It's a recent one. It's a horror thriller, I suppose. And this one had me gripped from the start to the finish, and I think I read it in about 24 hours. And I didn't put it down. This is a good job I don't go to work, really, isn't it? For Rebecca Gibson, her journey to work convention will be one she'll never forget. After driving around for four hours, she stops to ask for direction at an isolated house on the outskirts of Kirk Langby in Derbyshire. Her initial meeting with the house's attractive owner, Annabel Howell, seems strange and unsettling. But at her hostess's insistence, Rebecca spends the night. I see. Plagued by nightmares, Rebecca senses that her dream world has blended with what she believes is reality. When she leaves the next day, her life has changed. Can Rebecca solve a mystery that has been haunting her family for over 60 years? Will she find love along the way, or will events drive her mad? It's a ghost story with a thriller, and it's quite hot in places as well. See, back to sex. So mustn't get that out. And... Um, one final mention for Keeper of the Dawn, Diana Gunn. I haven't written down anything, but it's another high fantasy with magic and adventure. Okay, so Nita, what is important for you in a good big fic novel? Gosh, now that's a question. It must be engaging, interesting. An interesting twist on an old idea works well, but if it's the same as everything else, then it's just ordinary. It must offer something different or be written in a style that's so engaging you don't want to put the book down. If I don't put it down, then it's awesome. But I think that's true of any story, really. I think absolutely right. Well said. All right, so where can people find you when they decide that you're awesome and they need to follow you on social media and stalk you on your website? <laughs> uh, well, I'm on Facebook, obviously, and Twitter, and I have a website which is www.neataround.com. And on Twitter, you are at Round. Yes. On Facebook, you are neataround01. That's me, the only one neataround. Okay, so look out for the links in the show notes and you can go stalk Nita to your heart's content. Nita, if people were to start with one of your books, which one would you recommend? If you want a romance, obviously Fresh Start. Two characters. One is Recovering from a Broken Heart and escapes London to go and live back in a small town where she can hide away from women. She's obviously very, very sad. There she meets another young lady who works in a bar, and she also wants to escape, but she doesn't know how to. And when they get together, they find a way to get away from their own lives and their own past together. Our second book is The Ghost of Emily Tapper. It is the ghost of a young woman long past who haunts a lord. Emma Blewett discovers she is the inheritor of, an, of a small house and a family feud way out in the country. And there she meets the good lord, Maggie Durrant, who is the other side of the family feud. 
Okay. Thank you so much for joining me today, Nita. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sheena, for having me here. You've been listening to the Lesbian Review podcast. I'm Sheena and Nita Round has joined me today. You can find links to the books we've discussed in the show notes. Come join us on Facebook at the Lesbian Talk Show chat group. Don't forget to rate this podcast and subscribe. You can find this and more exciting shows by looking for the Lesbian Talk Show on iTunes, Podbean or Stitcher. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Nita's the author of two speculative fiction novels and her third, a romance novel, will be released soon. When are we expecting that, Nita? The romance is already out. It is? Yeah. Oh, let me redo that then. <laughs> so... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to read what the hell my note says here. <laughs> oh, I hate talking about my books. Okay, this is good marketing for you. I, I know, I know, I know, but I'm just crap at it. Uh, I'd rather hide in the corner and just write another book. Yeah. I've got Steampunk coming out next year.